0: Welcome back to Integrative Lyme Solutions with Dr. Carlfeld. I am so excited about the show that we have ahead of us. We have some phenomenal information that could save lives. I am Dr. Michael Carlfeld, and with me, I have my co-host.
1: Tanya Hobo.
0: We uh, you're gonna need to tune in to what's going on today. Uh, the information is jam-packed. So uh, yeah, don't step away. So
1: excited. Let's go ahead and get this started. Well, welcome, Christina. We are so excited to have you join us today and share your journey with us. Yeah, thank you
2: so much for having me. Hopefully, it can inspire others that life does happen after tick-borne illness.
1: Absolutely. It definitely will be an inspiring story, I'm sure. Um, I just know bits and pieces of your story, so I'm um, excited to hear the full journey. So where do you want to start? When did it all start? Did you sure. recall getting bit by a tick? So I never
2: got a bullseye rash. I, My husband and I had went to the gorge, in Washington state to see a concert where we had camped and we recently had moved from Colorado to Kentucky. Um, and after coming back from the camping and the concert, I felt like I had mono. And so I went to the doctor you know, I didn't have a, a rash or anything, went to the doctor and they said, Oh, it's just stress. So I was like, okay, uh, and then I noticed little things creeping in. I had really bad insomnia. and I would feel as though my ears were ringing more than usual. I mean, I had to, we went to live concerts, but it was just more of a ringing. Um, And that was in 2009. And then the symptoms sort of went away until 2011. I had been given prednisone for something. And as I'm sure you know, it's an immunosuppressant. And after taking the prednisone, the steroid, I developed these horrible symptoms. I had fatigue. I mean, I would fall asleep on the stairs. I was I'm a teacher. I would sleep during my planning period. I had horrible insomnia. I had tingling. I had headaches. I would say aching in my arms and shins and kind of flu-like body aches all of the time. And I I had asked is this mono? because that's what it felt like the first time. Okay, And the doctor said, oh yeah, you know, your EBV titers are are high. And I had a bad case of mono in high school. So then I started Googling and found an Epstein-Barr virus mono board. And all these people were saying, you don't have EBV chronically, you have Lyme disease, and I thought they were insane.
1: Oh wow! And I
2: said, "Well, I didn't ever get a bullseye rash. I've never seen. I've actually never seen a tick in person.
1: <sighs> okay, uh,
2: yeah, I've never seen one. And so I ordered my own labs from LabCorp. There is a website called Econo Labs, and I ordered a Western blot and band twenty three. IgM came back and it was just the one and CDC criteria had said in order to be positive it had to be two of three IgM and five of ten IgG. They didn't have any IgG. So I thought it was really weird that that band showed up and then there was information saying that it can cross-react with Epstein-Barr virus. I was really confused and so I live in Colorado, and you know this happened, and fatigue, all these symptoms started. The prednisone had been administered in
1: March of 2011, and so, and all of I those know, symptoms just immediately came yeah. after the prednisone. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Kind of the Dr. Burriscano and his Lyme guidelines talks about the
2: steroid disaster. That was me. <laughs> so yeah, that was just not good. And so I ended up finding a functional med- medicine doctor here in Colorado and she ran everything. I mean, she looked at everything and you know, I brought up <clears> blind <throat> again and she was like, you know, I just said, you know, I'm not, I don't think that's what it is, but I did, she ran this lab, it was called ASO. And it looks for an untreated strep infection, and I had a positive strep A and a strep B in me, and I was put on two antibiotics for it. And I was out a week. I was out of work for an entire week. I felt like I was dying, and I at this point had seen under our skin, okay. and I told my husband and my mom, "I have this. Like I know I do. I, this is what I have to have." why would that band 23 have shown up? So after taking the antibiotics for the strep infection, I asked to be retested for Lyme disease, both through LabCorp and IGenics. And I did come back CDC positive on both. So then, okay. so I was IgM positive, bn 41 and bn 23, IgM through LabCorp, same band through Igenix. So then my doctor was like, Oh my goodness, we have to do, we have to, you know, she's not, she, at at this point, she wasn't a Lyme literate physician. So I was only the second patient in the office that had Lyme disease. So she ran other panels through Igenix and I came back positive for ehrlichiosis and Bartonella. Um, I also had Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, Babesia duncani, and that was enough. That was definitely enough. Yeah, was definitely you had enough. it all. <laughs> yeah. And the Duncanny is typically found on the West Coast, which correlates to my symptoms showing up after that camping trip to Washington. Right. So we know that I probably had it for at least two years before I started doing treatment, which I know
1: other people's stories, they've had it for much longer, but. Right. And and like you said, I think it was a prednisone that brought it out. So you could have had it much longer than that had you not needed that.
2: Oh, I'm actually in a weird way, very grateful that I had to take the prednisone because I, I think about all the people that had have, have this lingering in their system. The fact that mine was just slowly lingering, you know, you had insomnia, a little bit of ear ringing and all these things starting to happen. So what ended up happening after that, you know, I had already seen under our skin, I was like, I knew it. I knew that this is what it was. I, I knew it deep in my in my gut after, you know, listening to all those people on the EBV board. And uh, at the time, there was a group called MD Junction. And so it's not around anymore. But I, I met other people like me who had similar experiences with inaccurate diagnosis and it taking a long time. Um, I had asked my primary care physician if she would help talk to physicians for me uh, who are Lyme literate. And I ordered every book on Amazon. And I can't say, I don't think I'm saying her name right, but it's Connie Streisham. I don't know how to say her. It's S T -T 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 I'm not familiar with her. Yeah, I am. She's written um, a book, but she wrote this book called 13 Insights into Lyme Disease and the Practitioners. And there was one. Hello, Dr. K.
0: Oh, there. How are you doing?
2: Good. How are you? I'm doing
0: good.
2: Well, <laughs> uh, I ended up reading Connie's book, this 13 Insights into Lyme Disease and the Doctors that Treat It," And there was a person in there who I knew I needed to talk to. Um, And she was in Washington, D.C., and um, I went to see her uh, once a year, and we did treatment while I was in Colorado, and I would talk to her every four to six weeks, and also I would work with my primary care physician, the two were working in conjunction, Again, at this time, my primary care, I you know, was the second case of Lyme in the office. Since my case, they have over 50 cases. They now looked into women, and it's, it's primarily a women's health clinic, women who had fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome and what have you, and found that it really wasn't that. It or was people- really Lyme disease, right? It was really that Lyme. That happens a lot. Well, And mold. That's, um, I was fortunate in that regard. I, you know, did a lot of the Dr. Shoemaker's labs and real-time labs and the ERMI testing and all of those, very familiar with that. Um, Didn't have any of that, but I had a very aggressive, I was very aggressive in my treatment. Um, I don't know if you want me to go into specifics.
0: Just, just to say one thing, I mean, the blessing that you uh, that they started working with you at that office and the blessing of all the people that follow, that now they are they've been able to educate themselves and equip themselves with tools to be able to help these these poor people that are misdiagnosed. Yeah, yeah so it, it's just and that's what's so cool is, is that you know, as knowledge is getting out there, and people like yourself, you know, driving these type of therapies, Uh, that that other people are are benefiting. So the learning curve is so much shorter.
2: Well, I also think your podcast and just the Facebook groups and the general awareness and, you know, when I was sick, we didn't, podcasts really weren't a thing. I I was actually telling Tanya, I'm still sort of new with podcasts. I, I, you know, I, it was not a thing, though, because I got sick and, well, like I said earlier, it was, you know, I didn't really, I, I, I would. in 2011, these groups just didn't exist. So I'm very thankful for podcasts like yours and the, in the groups. Um, what I did to seek out hope, you guys will think I'm crazy. I uh, watched the credits of Under Our Skin. And then facebook friended half of the cast to see who would
1: talk to me
0: i think that's an and excellent idea that's
1: a brilliant idea yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> so who would have thought of know, if, that <laughs> i don't know if it's okay but
2: i am assuming you guys have seen the movie but jordan fisher smith is my hero he is the ranger in the movie and I would message him. Um, there's another, a woman, she had the boy who had, um, special needs and his name was Jared Jane. She and I connected through Facebook. She's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So an emergence had not come out yet. And I remember I was like, okay, I'm like, Jordan, what did Dr. Burriscano do with you? Like, what, a, what are all the right moves? Am I Is my doctor doing the right thing? So I, I learned later that my doctor, she did train under him. So Oh,
0: really? <laughs> oh, cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: really good. I was in really good hands.
0: Good. That is Sounds awesome. Sounds like it,
1: yeah. So tell us a little bit about your treatment. So you were working with your primary, and then yeah. you were kind of doing telemed with... Another doctor,
2: LMD. yeah. So um, I, my Lyme literate physician was in D.C., and she was the one who was primarily in charge of the antibiotic therapy. And so I did very high doses of orals. Um, I, she often said that she sees two types of patients, musculoskeletal and neurological, and then sometimes, well, and then sometimes there's a third patient where it's a little bit of both, but I presented more on the musculoskeletal side. Uh, I, I would notice, you know, some brain fog, but not the neurosymptoms that people who I've met with this disease have encountered, and I feel blessed in that regard because I know that those are really horrible symptoms to have. Um, But with my treatment, literally it was, all right, I started working with her. I was on the two medications that my primary had given me. And then we worked to make sure that I was taking a medication for the cyst form, the L form, and the the, uh, spirochete form first for, for the Lyme.
0: And, and, and do, then, you, do you remember what they were? I mean, what... oh, yeah, I have
2: them. All. <laughs> cool. So I will, I will absolutely uh, tell you. You want me, I can tell you how I started. Yeah, so, I
0: would have loved that.
2: So, when I started, um, <laughs> I when I had taken the medications for the strep, I was on Seftonir and. Um, um it was septonir and biaxin so chlorohamyocin and I stayed on those. once they told me that it was Lyme disease, my primary said no these are good you're you're gonna stay on them and I you know had a really horrible um, herxamy reaction and then I was put on doxycycline as well since I had the Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Uh, come back positive.
0: And, and these were from your primary, these three? This
2: is just my primary. Okay. These three are my primary. So then once I started getting in the hands of the Lyme literate physician, she was like, "Yep, we're going to keep the Doxy. We're going to keep the Clarithromycin. We're going to keep the Suftonir. Now we're going to add in Tindamax. So then I was on all three for the Lyme and I didn't really have the air hunger or any of these commonly associated things seen with Babesia. I just had unrelenting fatigue all of the time. And she's like, yeah, you know, you're going to either notice it's really going to help or it's really going to not help, but we're going to try Mepron. And so then, because Mepron and Biaxin worked really well together, so then I was given that. And then um, we did try Rifampin. I could not be on Rifampin and Mepron at the same time because they interact, um, it, they counteract one another. Mepron was a total failure. I ended up doing some genetic testing and I learned that I have a, a genetic SNP mutation that. I don't tolerate rifampin. So, um, and she wanted to do that to, you know, I just stopped the mepron for a little bit um, to try with the Bartonella. I had some tendon, I had tingling and things in my feet, my hands and my fingers, some of those neuropathies.
0: And any Uh, of the stretch marks or any?
2: No stretch marks. Okay. I didn't. Uh, I would get like random little rashes. They sort of looked like, I don't want to say, it just looked like sunstroke, like overhe- being overheated. Um, So I didn't do, I stopped the rifampin and we went back to those other things. Then I was put on so for the Bartonella. And then we swapped out doxycycline, doxycycline for bisillin and not the 1.2. I was on 2.4. Four, um, million CFUs for twice a week and then it was moved to three times a week then after that
0: and I, so, so when you're introducing all these things I mean how did you respond to that did you just feel uh, it was a breeze or were you herxing or you know.
2: yeah well, <laughs> I, not a breeze. it was not there, there's no
0: breeze anywhere <laughs>
2: <laughs> there, there was zero breathe yeah. <laughs> uh, none. Uh, what I would notice was we always said day three was the worst day. I would just feel wretched, like mono, the flu, this horrible, I can't, I'm in a fog, I'm in a funk, I hurt, I ache, everything hurts. And then it would sort of go on. For several weeks and then it would subside and go back to just feeling less worse but still bad <laughs> we would, the way that we would grade this is what i would do i would we have in colorado this small grocery store called vitamin cottage i couldn't even get through vitamin cottage it's so small it's the size of a hallmark store it's literally so small so i'm like okay Let's grade progress. Can I get through Vitamin Cottage? All right, great. Can I get through CVS? Can I now try to do Kroger, Costco? Like, I mean, it took forever to get to Costco. Costco was (laughs) just like too much.
0: Yeah, that that's like the shiny object on top of the hill, you know, that you (laughs) want to get to. Yeah,
2: (laughs) Costco was here. It Uh
0: was.
2: Yeah, that that was just not happening for a while. I mean, I could barely. I was saying earlier I would I would sleep during my planning period at school. It was so bad. <laughs> um so then after that we um tried and uh, so I was then put on 3 to 4 tablespoons from 2 tablespoons to 3 to 4 tablespoons of mepron. In addition to that, I also took malarone. I also Tucolinia. I was also on Plaquenil. I I I
0: assume you're I assume you're stopping some of the other ones when so you're rotating in any way or or you're just adding.
2: I was on ten all at once. Oh my gosh! No
1: wonder you felt wretched.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was on ten, and then uh, we stopped doing ten max two weeks on two weeks off. I went to full time. And it was every day. And then for a period of time, we uh, took a halt with Plaquenil and Alinea since I was doing mepron and Malarone. And I did a whole It's Dr. Klinghart's, the parasite protocol. So I did Ivermectin, Albenza, Biltricide, all of that. I actually had a tapeworm during treatment. And It, it, then- it is
0: cool when they're coming out, isn't it?
2: I never saw it though. It's, oh, you it was found up microscopically in a Genova diagnostic stool study. Oh. It was, I never got to see it. So um, I started noticing tendinopathy with the Lavaquin. So we swapped for Brim at Bar and And then I tried Cortum for a little while, but really my main kind of gig Was the Bicillin, I switched between Azithromycin and Clarithromycin, Uh, Tindamax, Mepron, Malarone, Alinea, Plaquenil, Bactrim, and yeah, I guess that's the eight. I was also doing Nystatin and Diflucan at the same time.
0: Just kind of to control then, the fungus with all the, yeah, antibacterial yes. or antibiotics, yep. yeah.
2: And I did at some point become resistant to it. Uh, at the end of treatment, my primary care doctor, she, funct- she does a lot of work with GI stuff. And we did GI stuff throughout treatment knowing that it would be a total disaster zone but just to have a baseline of where it was because I started developing some food allergies to certain things because a leaky gut since I was destroying I mean I tried taking things like L-glutamine and things that heal the the gut lots of probiotics you have no idea so much money on probiotics did not want to get C-diff uh, that was a priority for sure Um, But definitely did, once I was off meds, I did a full, uh, I would say, a treatment with voriconazole and itraconazole, both, for several months. Um, I had small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. I got SIBO and then took the rifaximin as well afterwards. Um, But while I was on the antibiotics. I also took cryptolepsis and artemisin. Um, It was not the first year of treatment. I was in treatment fully on antibiotics for 27 months. I did the crypto and the artemisin the second year of treatment. And then also that second year of treatment did Byron White formulas at 70 drops. And I was at, I took enula, Byron Wright A through P, A through Bio, A Bab, A Bart, A it's F N G for fungus, and I was also taking M C Bab and Bart as well. And I tried Bandra and Cemento, and I'll tell you, doing all of those drops up to 70, the full amount, I did not notice anything. Oh. I removed them after a year, okay. and I didn't feel for me personally I know other people felt it, that they were a worthwhile part of their journey it was really the ones where I really noticed and I don't I mean maybe it helped I don't know I I definitely noticed Herc's symptoms when I took cryptolepsis and artemisin and what ended up happening with my uh like I said I came at positive for Babesia and canny i At some point, you know, probably about a year and a half in, I said, oh, you know, maybe at what point do we remove? And my doctor had this disability scale. And so when I came in, I think my number was like a four or a five. And then your goal is to get to a 10. So I assessed myself on the disability scale. And I would say I was probably an eight. She says, you know, okay, well, we, you know, we'll, when you get closer to a nine or a 10, we'll try removing a medication and see how you do. So I got to that point And the first medication that we removed was Mepron. Oh no, that was not a good move. I had symptoms recur immediately. Horrible gut-wrenching fatigue. It was just horrible. And then we did more. That's when my dosage increased from two to three, and then three to four teaspoons. Or yeah, it's teaspoons, not tablespoons.
0: Uh, and so when you get back on Mapron, because sometimes when you pull away and then yeah. you get back on it, you don't have the same effect. You know, so yeah. so did you have the same effect getting back on it as you did prior to pulling away?
2: I think I did. It took. What I'll tell you is, it took me three tries. So I tried going off of it once and then we increased the dosage from two to three. And then I tried going off it a second time. We increased it from three to four. And then I was on that dosage for six more months. And then I got the flu and my doctor was so excited. She was ecstatic that I got the flu. You
0: get an immune system that's actually attacking (laughs) something. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. So She was like, yes, this is great news. So I, I, on accident, I said, well, I'm just, I just can't take my medication. Like I want to just see what it's like to, to not take some of this. And then that s- sort of, I, I, stopped the mepron and started slowly removing them and that did the trick. You did
0: fine. Yeah. It's, did. It's, it's like your immune system felt like it had a fighting chance and now, now we, I can try this. Yeah. So yeah. so you so you didn't try to subdue it with tylenol then I did not okay well done
2: <laughs> I did I was like I'm gonna suffer through this
0: yeah exactly I sweat it out I'm gonna yeah good
2: it was really hard though and it was a really bad time mm-hmm. I feel very you know I still have I can still feel the the marks uh in the buttock region of where. I had those Bicillin shots and it actually came up on an MRI, uh, recently a big, kind of a big milestone. Um, I had to have, it was in 2020. I had to have a hysterectomy due to suspected endometriosis and my uterus was four times its size along with fibroids and, I had sort of evaded surgery for so long because I just didn't want to have to go under the,
1: I've been in remission and symptom-free and didn't want something to. We're so to afraid happen. of doing something that will flare our lime <laughs> that we just so don't fl- want to do anything. I, I absolutely understand that. <sighs>
2: yes, that that is me for sure. Unfortunately, I did not have a choice, so it's too bad this, has to come out um and well they was suspected endometriosis but anyways i had the surgery no symptoms awesome totally good so this will be eight years in remission
0: wow how cool Mm -hmm. they should do like you know for the aa where they get little kind of pins oh i love
1: it yes we should should. Yeah. (laughs) yeah
0: like how many years in remission
1: Think- it really is that important to us. Yeah. <laughs> I, that- I have a little green
2: pin in my car. I have a little angel that hangs from my um rearview mirror and it the little it's a green pin. It's just a reminder. I have an MS pin on the other side. Uh I, I do wonder. My dad passed away uh very young he was only 49. I'm sorry uh but I do think I ended up doing the is it HLDR testing uh no HLDA H-D-A. HLDA yes HLDA I did the HLDA test to see if I was susceptible if I had the um markers I guess the genetic markers that made me susceptible to mold and Lyme, um, the mold, I didn't have the markers for, but I did have the markers for Lyme. I know that doesn't mean that, you know, you get Lyme disease, but I don't know. We lived, we lived in Illinois and then Michigan, and he did a lot of work out East. So I just feel like MS is one of those things. I didn't know about all of this back then. And I remember I asked my doctor and I said, you know, what what percentage of your patients have been told that it's MS? And she told me a third. And then I cried. So I was like, I think he had this. We had so many similar symptoms. Wow. He,
1: he's gone now. Oh, I'm so sorry. But, you know, it's, it's things like this, like you mentioned earlier, you know, the podcast, the support groups. Just spreading the awareness is so important to to where hopefully people can quit getting misdiagnosed with, you know, sometimes just fibro, but MS, Parkinson's, like so many things that we can really get to the root of the cause. And and I think a lot of it is Lyme.
2: I do too. I mean, one of our really close friends here, um, she exhibiting you know things on and off over the years and about a year ago she ended up doing some more testing and started seeing my primary care and she's uh she has all of it and uh, is seeing both of my doctors the ones that I worked with and it's really hard yeah. but the awareness
1: does help it does it yep. does
0: yeah, I think when uh, I was I've done a few of these uh, retreats with Dr. Klinghart, where we have a, a small yeah. group and hang out uh, out in Whidbey Island you know, outside of of uh, Seattle, and uh, you know, one time he was saying, yeah, I think I think about eighty percent from what I'm seeing, about eighty percent of all people have Lyme spirochetes.
2: I he talked about that in under our skin. Yeah. I remember he talked specifically about MS patients, that all of his MS patients had Borrelia within their their bodies. And I was so shocked by that and I tried contacting Dana the girl that was in the U2 concert because she was this patient um but she was nowhere to be found <laughs> like I literally stalked the uh, because she <laughs> was the one who identified with so much like she didn't look like Mandy did physically but you know she's on tour but she just feels so awful that was me it was like oh you look good Oh, that you're so sick, but you look good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we did not like hearing that. <laughs> and some of the times I look back and I'm like, I did not look good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they were trying to make us feel better. <laughs> I think they were trying to make us feel better. Wow. Well, it's so exciting. You've been in remission for so many years.
0: That's incredible. I'm, I'm curious. Um, how did you rebuild your gut after that? I mean, that's, yeah. that's I mean, that, that's such a, an assault. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it should be, you know, smoke should be coming out of your gut, you know, from all the attacks, you know, the missiles that you're dropping down there.
2: That's a great question. So, okay. I ended up doing, so I was doing, like I said, stool tests every year throughout my years of treatment to see, okay, what does my microbiome look like? Oh, and in addition to that, we were also doing the Genova uh, food allergy. Uh, They also have an environmental allergy assessment too in there, but we started noticing specifically after treatment, more IgE's were popping up than before. And, you know, my doctor explained Typically, that's, you know, stuff that people have anaphylaxis to. Yours are red, but not like red, red. So this is probably due to leaky gut. So I had to stay away from all of the foods that were in the red and slowly reintroduce them as part of an elimination diet to see if I would react. You know, like eggs was one of my things that turned into something I couldn't eat. And then I remember she was like, okay, you're after a certain amount of time. She's like, you're going to now eat a lot of eggs and see what happens. So I had to do an elimination diet of a bunch of foods, which really was not good. And then I had to get the yeast under control as well, which I kind of talked about with all of those supplements, but I also took, so on those assessments, I'm sure you're familiar with them. They also will tell you which herbals that are, uh, going to be sensitive. Mm-hmm. So one of the types of yeast that I had was really sensitive to caprylic acid. Another one was sensitive to I don't know how to say it. it starts with the U. Thorn makes it something acid. It's like I don't remember the name of the supplement, but berberine was another supplement I took. Uh, I was taking turmeric, um, some of the herbals like tinctures in the office that had the slippery elm and some of those herbs I tried. Tons of glutamine, alglutamine was just everywhere uh, in smoothies, and I also did it was marshmallow root. Yeah,
0: marshmallow tend to go with like slippery elm and aloe vera yeah. and yeah, the aloe vera. Just, um, yep, that
2: one I did as well.
0: And,
2: yeah, yep. And then I did that, and then I did the yeast, and then I stayed away from the foods. And then what would happen is I would retest every couple months uh, to see what was happening, and it was really hard because I would feel foggy after eating eating certain things. I would have a food diary of, okay, like no sugar. Forget that. That was not happening at all. And she really used this tiered approach of adding, kind of like Lyme disease, mm-hmm. of adding certain herbs and supplements into my regimen to the point where... I just started feeling better. Definitely getting the SIBO under control, that really helped too. But yeah, that was sort of the plan with the GI stuff. And then my doctor also talked about staying away from a lot of processed things, making sure that I can buy organic, um, eating a lot of greens. I remember... Doing a lot of smoothies <laughs> with a lot of L-glutamine.
0: <laughs> so uh, so, so you know, the key word is L-glutamine. Is out there.
2: The key word is L-glutamine. Yeah, that yeah. one I think was probably, and I still take it. I mean, I did a test. I don't know, like a year and a half ago, because I'll get a sinus infection every once in a while, and I'm like, uh. you know, and I don't react to the antibiotics. I I just don't like taking it because, you know, you spend so much time rebuilding your GI system. I don't, I don't want to take it. So I, I, I have done them and I'm finally in a good spot, but I will tell you, it took me several years. I mean, I gave you that ridiculous list of medication. It, it's, it was a lot. And, you know, I, I. I told my doctor after the flu, I said, I just feel yeasty and foggy. And she's like, yeah, that's, we got to, we got to address that first. So I feel like both doctors had, oh, I actually left something out. There was a whole protocol that my Lyme literate physician had for, for after you stop antibiotics. And she used a lot of supplements from standard standard process. Mm-hmm. And it was this detox uh, formula that she used and you had to follow it for the first 21 days. Okay. And it's yeah, that
0: purification a, program.
2: That's what it was. It was the purification program. And she didn't have, she did not have any association with them. Um, She just said she liked the program. She wouldn't get any kickbacks or whatnot for us signing up for it. And that was one of the things that I did after I got better too. Great. But I did feel gross, I'll tell you that.
0: While while you're doing the 21-day purification program? Okay.
2: Yeah, like it was foggy because, you know, you know, I, I, I just remember being so yeasty and not good.
0: Yeah. It, it's I mean, it's, it's not really, if you're dealing with yeast, it, it may not be kind of the thing to kill the yeast, but it, it opens up a lot of the detox pathways. Yeah. You know, so, so in, in that way it, it helps. So that way you can go after the yeast after a little bit more.
2: Yes. Yes, and that was what she did. I didn't. I started boriconazole and itraconazole and all of those other ones after the purification program.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah You so surely it. notice too, and there's die-off with that as well. I the one thing I think that I was most happy with was having done. I mean, every year because I remember people saying, "Well, if you have mold, it's just going to be so much harder to get better." So I was like, "All right." We gotta monitor these shoemaker labs. We gotta we gotta do stuff through real time labs. I I was also doing things while sick, like the infrared sauna and making sure that I detox. And uh, I did. I remember. Oh, there was one thing that I did uh, forget to mention. One of the things that so my primary care doctor she looked at everything. She we had asked our test using that ERMI. Someone came in and looked at that to assess. We made, my husband and I both did the real-time labs uh, to make sure I had all of Dr. Shoemaker's panels ran. I also, my doctor checked me for heavy metals and we did that. And I had a a teeny tiny, was very slightly elevated of mercury and lead. And I did EDTA. It was oral. I didn't do the IVs. You can get them done. Um, One of the things that my primary care office here in Colorado uh, I did them. It was mostly when I was undiagnosed. I would go in and do the nutritional IVs, high high dose vitamin C. and They would put it was a very high amount of. I remember they would do this, draw this lab, like a G six something. G six
0: B D. Yes.
2: Yeah. To do, like. 40 to 50 grams of C to make sure that I could tolerate it. And they would throw B in there. There were these super elevated Myers cocktails to the nines and glutathione pushes, all of that. I did the first year of treatment, but I did do some of that. As you were saying, Dr. K about, um, afterwards with recovering I did do some of those too because yeah, that,
0: that helps to heal the gut after yeah. since you are not able to really absorb the nutrients because your gut is screwed and so then you need to do it intravenously so that you can get the nutrients start to heal the gut that way
2: yes I did that we made sure so then did the EDTA that was during treatment um, looked at all of the viruses, my, you know, I didn't take anything. They sort, my doctor said, oh, you know, they'll get, your EPV titers will go down. And, you know, once, once things are under control and they did, and I, I didn't believe her, I was like, oh, it's going to be chronically high forever. Um, definitely looked at the food allergies, focused on gut, made sure that I, my adrenals were functioning. We did a lot of testing through neuroscience. Um, I was so sad when Cavanese Ultra PM was pulled off the market. That was like, like one of my favorite drugs. Yeah, that, well, that was
0: quite a while ago that, that it was pulled. Yeah. I, I love that one. Was, Do you love it? It's yeah, so good. It was awesome.
2: It was the best. So my doctor, so I was taking Calm PRT and cortisol manager. So I had during treatment, I had really low adrenals. So she was working on that too. I do have a single mutation for the MTHFR. Uh, A lot of Amy, Dr. Amy Yasko's work, all of the methylation stuff. I ended up, it was so this group of us gals, we ended up ordering 23andMe, and you can download your all of your data and then upload it into genetic genie Mm -hmm. and it gives you the methylation profile and the detox profile and i think one of the things i told my both my doctors about it because genova had a they had their own test it's very similar to the detox and the methylation but it didn't give the breakdown that that free website does and in Genova you're paying four hundred dollars for it. So 23
0: and me is like a hundred bucks or something like that.
2: Yeah. yeah, totally. Exactly. So all of us did that. And here's what I will tell you. And I do think that this aided in my process. My detox profile was I had very few reds and uh, for a double, uh, mutation, there were none actually. Cause I'm looking at it right now. I had none. I had a sev- couple on my methylation profile, but my detox profile, almost everything was in the green except for five, um, SNPs. So I do feel like that aid, it helped aid in my recovery. Um, Certainly once we learned about some of those other uh, issues with methylation, um, I did do B12. Uh, It was through Infuserve America would do my shots and they would mail them to me and I would do them twice a week. I don't do them. I, I do them now just only like once or twice every month. And it was I, met-
0: methylcobalamin that they sent, you know, since, you know, with the methylation issue. Yes. Okay. And
2: then I actually had my husband tested as well and he had the same one, the c 677 ti didn't have the other one. Um, I'm trying to think if there were any more things that they looked at. Viruses sort of just went away on their own. Uh, Dr. Horowitz wrote that book, the Why Can't I Get Better book. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things that that book came out at the end of my treatment. But I will say that um, that book really kind of summarizes what the primary and the LLMD did for me. Certainly hormones were looked at throughout this process. Um, I was already taking bioidentical progesterone prior to just because I had fibroids and other issues. Um, And I came back actually before Lyme disease, uh, I had an inconclusive test uh, for thyroid cancer. So I don't have a thyroid either. Um, so I was on supplementation. For that. But definitely. Looking at all of those things. Making sure that hormone balances. Were in. In place.
0: Yeah, Because you need I a. Would- you need a strong thyroid. Because thyroid. A lot of people don't recognize. It drives the immune system. Yes. So if you're virus is hypofunctioning uh, you have a harder time to kill off these different pathogens and and fight off you know and infectious agents and so forth.
2: Yep, I totally I totally agree with you. The other thing that I would say was getting rid of the parasites, mm-hmm. um making sure that that wasn't a thing. I mean, a lot of people ask me, oh, it was, you know, you just took the antibiotics. And I'm like, no, not exactly. And I think that's the tricky part is it's this all-encompassing kind of nightmare that costs so much money. And it's really hard to find people. You know, I mean, my husband and I spent, so much money on all this. I mean, you don't even want to, you don't want to know. Right. It's just, it's so much time and, and energy and, and money. I do remember also taking a lot of the stuff from research nutritionals um, things like ATP fuel to help also aid with all of that and to help with the mitochondria that was something for sure. Both physicians felt like that would be very important. Both of them, I would say also really felt like um, sleep was addressed. Insomnia was for sure, hence the cavernous ulcer But I was on, you know, some other things prior to that. And that was one of the signs that I really knew I was getting better was when I had normal sleep again. Um, Isn't it amazing to sleep again after all that? (laughs) Right. It's like, it's fantastic. So yeah, I would say too. you know, going back to research nutritionals, I remember when they came out the liposomal glutathione, both physicians really wanted me to do things that focused on detoxification So the probiotics certainly aided in my bowel health. And I remember taking um, glutathione in addition to... um, The
0: pushes you were doing.
2: Yeah, it was NT factor and coenzyme 10 and saw some, all of those to kind of help with that alpha lipoic acid. I was on Alimax through Zymogen.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. But
2: a lot cool. of stuff through both companies, Zymogen, Byron White. So I'm, so I'm
0: curious, you know, cause so people can really get a feeling of, you know, what kind of journey it is, you know, from beginning to end. I mean, you were saying it, it all this money, all this, you know, and so how long did it take from starting Uh, meaning that you are diagnosed and now you're starting with, you know, working on, you know, some infections till you were done. I mean, obviously you're not hundred percent, you were never hundred percent done, but kind of, you know, pretty much done.
2: So I would say, so 2011, February of 2011 was when I started having those symptoms and I went all over the place. I mean, I had people tell me crazy things at the time. Like they would say, Oh, there's no Lyme disease in Colorado. What are you well, talking about? Yeah.
0: They still say those crazy things. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: Yeah. Crazy yeah. stuff. I'm like, seriously? Yeah.
0: I'm like yeah. no bugs bike, don't have passports, so they, they can't move <laughs> yeah. on the state line. Yeah, we know that. Yeah.
2: I know. That's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a joke in our house. is in our like. Well, yeah, because there's a state line, and they just stop there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> what, what
0: do we do now? I don't know. I, how do we get over it? I don't know. What we we get gotta, over? Yeah, I don't know. exactly.
2: No, it's the yeah. it's the silliest thing I have ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say though to answer your question. 2011, at least, and then heavy treatment all the way through like antibiotics ended January, 2014, but then from 2014 to at least 2017 was spent. That was all GI cleanup work. Yeah. You're spending the money on the IVs, the tests, the visits, the supplements, all of that stuff. So I would say from 2011 to 2017 for me, then after 2017, it was okay. Well, now my uterus decided to grow, so we yeah,
0: exactly. It it felt unattended to, meaning that <laughs> it, it. yeah, it felt like paid Why didn't you pay attention to me? Yeah. Uh huh. It's like yes. little children, you know. When they, it was, yeah.
2: it's Horrible. Yeah, and they you know, they suspected even during, you know, I was, I had horrible, you know, menstrual cycles, you know, while taking all those antibiotics too. It was really bad. You know, people would always said, well, you know, it could be adenomyosis. It could be endometriosis, but it was
0: endometriosis they yeah. found. Yeah. And that was tough. Had
2: to come out.
0: So it's, it's, I, I think it's important for people to understand. So you had, I mean, it, it, it's a journey. Yeah. And it's, it's a battle and it's not take this one pill and lo and behold, it's going to be better. Yeah. It's, and you don't, you know, a lot of people feel like garbage for a couple of years at least, you know, while yeah. going through these therapies. So it, it's just, you got to roll up your sleeves and, and, but know that <laughs> exactly, but not the end, you know, there is an end, you know, yeah. so
2: and i think for me that something that was so inspiring so my physician had overcome all of these diseases too oh. that's part of why i feel like i was meant to be in her care mm-hmm. um because she even now i so for example i had the covid vaccine <clears throat> And, you know, the first shot, the second shot, and then I had my booster. And I remember after the first shot, I felt really bad for three to four days. And the second shot, it was like two to three. And the booster, it was just a day. And I would, I still write her and I would say, why are these symptoms coming out of the woodwork again and she's like because you're stirring up the immune system and I will say that in my time since I have been well there have been well other than these the COVID vaccine I do fine with the flu shot I didn't used to get a flu shot but I'm a teacher and I'm around I've been getting flu shots since uh, COVID occurred I was advised by both physicians. And they both told me, you know, before don't get it. Uh, But then COVID happened and they're like, no, you should get it. (laughs) So I did. Um, And I have been, I've been fine with the flu shot, but there were two things that would happen uh, after treatment where it was just a little reminder of, Oh, that's still in me. It would be the flu And I only got it a couple times and then uh, sinus infections. Uh, If I get a sinus infection, I start to feel some of those same symptoms creeping in. And it's just a reminder that, you know, kind of like shingles for those of us that have had chicken pox, it's still in you.
0: Yeah. So you just got to stay on top (laughs) of it. Yeah. Well, thank, I mean, it's been so awesome. I mean, you've, you've given so, so much, Thank fantastic you for information having. well absolutely this this was really fun yeah this is really lots fun of
1: information yeah. so. very,
2: i really think it's great what you guys are doing too thank you for all of the awareness and the hope that you're bringing to those in the community
0: well well thank you and, and likewise yes, likewise stories like you and stories i mean all these voices you know when we are all talking and you know making it uh, making people aware making doctors aware and it's usually doctors become aware when the patients are aware mm-hmm. and and so that's that's a pressure that make them change and 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 the impact that you've had so far uh, by creating that awareness yourself so thank yeah. you so much thank, thank you thank you so much <laughs> thank
2: you guys. bye
0: bye now information this podcast is for educational purposes only and it's not designed to diagnose or treat any disease i hope this podcast impacted you as it did me please subscribe so that you can be notified when new episodes are released there are some excellent shows coming up that you do not want to miss if you're enjoying these podcasts please take a moment to write a review and please don't keep this information to yourself share them with your family and friends you never know what piece of information that will transform their lives for past episodes and powerful information on how to conquer Lyme, go to integrativelimesolutions.com and an additional powerful resource, limestream.com. For Lyme support and group discussions, join Tanya on Facebook at Lyme Conquerors Mentoring Lyme Warriors. If you'd like to know more about the cutting-edge integrative Lyme therapies my center offers, please visit thecarlfeldcenter.com. Thank you for spending this time with us and I hope to see you at our next episode of Integrative Lyme Solutions with Dr. Carl Feld.